You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 39 of the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. And the waiting game continues for when we will have an announcement for a postponement to the start of the 2020-2021 season. Although if it starts in January, you might as well just call it the 2021 season. But uh, a lot of rumors going around that an announcement is coming within the next week or the next couple days, next couple weeks, whatever you want to say. There's a meeting coming up on Wednesday. So if you're listening to this after Wednesday, there may have already been an announcement about them moving it to January as the same as the WHL did as they plan to start January 8th out in Western Canada. And just got a tweet from Jeff Merrick on Monday afternoon, basically just providing an update from the OHL saying lots of talk after the board of governors call today, which did take place uh, on Monday about the league pushing their start date well into January. We knew that would be on the agenda And while many expect it to happen, no concrete details have been reported or told or sourced out. And this is, again, all Jeff Merrick's tweet. You can find it at Jeff Merrick if you don't know who that is. He's big in hockey and Sportsnet. And if you follow hockey, you probably should know who that is. Yeah, he's a pretty good – he has good info on the game, on the OHL. Yeah, he's he's a good follow. It's usually him, uh, Colby Armstrong, and Todd Warner that are the panel – I guess you could say in between periods and post game, pre game, whatever, for the uh, Memorial Cup every year. Yep, excited. Todd Warner, of course, color commentator for the Windsor Spitfires too. Boom, dropping, <laughs> dropping the. Yeah, knowledge. so <laughs> right, you got to know these guys. Um, so, Ooh, Colin, yeah. the GM's meeting is on Wednesday. Uh, kind of. What are we? we kinda, what are we thinking? Here? We kind of. We kind of covered that last week, saying, "I've. I believe like it'll be Jan- like the second, third week of January. Right now, that's. I think what it's going to be. I think they're going to push it back a week later than the dub. Just. To, and I mean, that's still a ways away. We hope the uh, cases go down. I don't. I hope it can't get any bigger than what it's getting. So hopefully, that's a good sign that goes down. But I believe that. I think the second, third week of January is will be their next uh, decision, and I think after that, if it goes, if it continues to rise, it'll be February, and if not February, it'll be over. I think yeah. that's. I don't think you can start later than the middle of February. You can't. There's no. You can't. Yeah, because even if you well, start the, yeah. even if you start the last week in February, like wow, that gives you a yeah. lot of time to you know. I think one of the. Yeah, and I believe one of the pitches here from the GMs could be a development year. Okay, and I don't think it'll happen this meeting, but I think if it continues to get delayed to into February, I think it could be okay. We just want to play. We don't yeah. want to. We won't play games. We'll just practice. We'll scrimmage. We can have thirty-five guys to thirty to forty guys at a training camp. Okay, our junior B uh, call-ups are going to be with us. We're going to scrimmage every day. We're going to get better. We're going to develop for next season. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it will end up being a development year because right now I think there's too much of a risk to just start. I mean, you need fans. Another point is community arenas. You could possibly use community arenas. You had a good point too before the break about community arenas with TV coverage. Some of these arenas 
aren't really like nice. I mean, the London yeah. Fairground, you could have a TV coverage. They have the Nationals games on coverage. There's a couple junior B arenas that are really nice that could do coverage. But I mean, even those arenas are pretty big. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But I think community arenas is a great idea to possibly that could be a thing that we hear Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. I think that's a thing that you could might hear about community arenas from the OHL uh, GM meetings, just because you got to see, you need a season. You can't have your 5,000 to 2,000 seat arenas empty. I mean, that's the average arena basically in our league. You don't really see much over seven, maybe a couple, which you would. But other than that, you really can't have empty seats at those arenas up operating. I mean, you're having a, uh, they're having skates right now, like public skates, free skates. I mean, to rent the ice out, which is a great idea for marketing. I mean, to get a little bit of money, but I think that it's the best case to go community arenas right now, just because yeah. of the money. And there's going to be no fans with the cases the way it is. Well, and you bring up the idea of the community ranks. And like you had mentioned, we had discussed this beforehand about whether you can fit television crews in there and cameras with their uh, yeah. big tripods and to put the game on TV and, some of those community ranks, the biggest problem is that uh, because it's all about fan safety and we want to not have anyone get hit by pucks or sticks, is there's yeah. netting all the way around the rink. And who the hell wants to put that on TV? Because that will look yeah. awful. Yeah. And um, I just look at, I was scrolling through Twitter, was it? Sunday or Saturday, I can't remember what day it was, but uh, Steve Clark, the uh, play-by-play guy on television for the Niagara Ice Dogs, he uh, was not allowed in the arena to watch his daughter play hockey at one of the arenas. And I saw him put out a video either Monday or Sunday, whenever it was, where he actually could go in and it was a different rink. But if you can't have fans in the community rinks either, and you can't, have anyone showcase these games or uh, scrimmages or what have you, then yeah, there really is no point to doing this because yeah, there's no money that's going to be made again, barring a government grant that like was given from the Quebec government to the Quebec major junior hockey league, the Quebec based teams, I should say, who, by the way, they start up again on, uh, on Wednesday, the 28th is what they had said two weeks ago when they shut Quebec down, but which will be interesting. Yeah, it will be because there's still like tons of hot spots and red zones and yellow yeah, zones I wouldn't and be what have you. And we yeah. don't have zones really, but we got uh, like, yeah, it's districts. It's, yeah. Pretty much district districts, regions, counties. And that's what it would be. That would be the problem too with community ranks. Does that district, does that County, do they allow them to play exactly in that area? I mean, that's a big thing to take on. I mean, yeah. plus hotel, plus hotels. Do you want your team going in and out of hotels? I think that's a big thing yeah. too with travel. I think right now they're trying to get a normal season, as normal as you can get it. Obviously, it's not going to be normal. Yeah, it's not going to be as normal. as normal as you can do it. And like we said, if it goes to February, then it'll be. I think the best case is a development year. Yeah. Yeah, because because you think year. of that, if they don't want parents in to watch their kids play hockey, in terms of Steve Clark's situation then how the hell are they going to allow all of these players into community ranks that are a third or half the size of their regular ranks? There's no way in hell you can do social distancing there. Yeah. And some of those dressing rooms in the community ranks are terrible. Yeah. Like you get eight guys in there and it's for an OHL team. You'd have to use three, 
three or four. Yeah, coaches. If you well, do you have, have that co- expanded roster. Yeah, you would need a coaches, then probably two rooms. Referee's so room. Yeah, referee's room. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to sanitize that. I mean, arena staff, what time are these games going to be at? How are you going to yeah. keep people out? I mean, security problems. That's where it's almost better yeah. to just play in your own arena. But all the money you're going to lose with empty seats. I mean, so many, uh, like we mentioned, there's so many teams are going to lose money. That's why I didn't think you could do a bubble in a place like London because I don't think you could have that many empty, empty seated games there. Yeah. without losing that much money. I mean, you're going to lose a ton with a 9,000-seat arena, no fans. You're losing a lot. Yeah, and then the argument comes up, well, oh, you could use, like, sponsorship money. And it's like, well, no. <laughs> if, the, if the sponsors aren't there anymore, like all of these businesses, and it sucks, but there are businesses well, that are closing and going out of business. And, you know, some of them might have been sponsors for these OHL teams where you lose – you know, a thousand bucks right there or however much you charge for a certain sponsors sponsorship. Like it, it's gone right away. Once that business closes its doors, oh, bye-bye, you just lost that amount. Now you have yeah. to try and fill that spot with someone that, you know, during this time might not be willing to pay for that. And that's where that's you what we hope last that, week. Yeah. The ticket sales would help with that, but it's not going to not a chance in hell, whether yeah, you have no. fans or not. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we mentioned that last week about like, you got to support the small community or arenas yeah. or like they all want sounds the North Bay. You got to support those teams because a lot of those businesses are corporate businesses. I mean, they got yeah. their local small town restaurant sponsors. I mean, Peterborough's, Peterborough's like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and the, every single sponsor is hurting. I mean, you got the small guys that sponsor, uh, something small i mean just a quick ribbon ad in some of these big arenas or something that's a lot of money that they're not gonna be able to pay for those this year and then you go to the corporate the corporate people that that run that have the ice sponsorships and the board sponsorships they're not gonna have that money this year i mean like let's look at kubota i mean kubota makes it their premier sponsor of the chl are they gonna make that money this year i mean Everything I, I, I it think is. they I mean, will like the big sponsors for the Sportsnet games. You think of yeah, you got Kubota, uh, Cavendish Farms is a bigger yeah. one. Um, I, I can't think of. There's a couple more off the top of my head that I just uh, can't yeah. think of at the moment. But I think the national sponsors, like those big name corporate companies, there's obviously they're probably I'm just wondering, struggling. But yeah, in terms of if say a team, and I don't. I'm not sure if a team would be allowed to use a national sponsor as a local sponsor during uh, games, yeah. but I'm just know, wondering, it's like even like the chain restaurants, I mean, that goes to the local yeah. restaurant, but I mean, yeah, local owners. Like them, are they going to be able to pay for that? I doubt it. Yeah. And that's, that's where the question pops up of do teams give businesses a sponsorship discount and for next year. Yeah, and the teams would obviously come back and say, well, no, we don't want to do that because we lose even more money off of sponsorships. Well, would you prefer, say, if you charged 50% where it'd only be 500 or would you rather yeah. say, no, you don't have the money, sorry, you know, and take zero? Yeah, that's another thing we got to look after too. I mean, I wonder how much is going to go into the financial, like, sponsorship investments for this season. Because that's a good point, like 50, like 50, 50, I mean, going into yeah. next year. Because I don't know how people are going to be able to do that. I was just trying to think right now at the top of my head about, <laughs> like, <laughs> don't have any blonde moments here, but I was just trying to think, like, how many people, 
like how many sponsors the average team has and how many of on that team won't be able to. I got to look that up after a sponsor page. Come oh, back well, next week. If, if you think, wow. Because, yeah, yeah like say in Niagara, kind of draw. if you yeah. look in Niagara, around the top bowl where, where it's not really a top mm-hmm. bowl, I guess you could say top level where all like the suites are and the club level is. Yeah, like every every board is a different sponsor around yeah. that level. And then you've got a different sponsor on the boards. On and the inside, yeah. Different, but yeah, like there's different I'm sponsors you right on now, top of the tunnels. Like I doubt, I doubt they remove those sponsorships on the inside of the boards or on the outside, you could say. Yeah. Like yeah. around the glass, like in the seats side. I don't know. Because like I don't think you can remove those. But like what along the boards of, yeah you can take those off i've done it like on not like on the ice service like you know like behind like in the seats behind in the seats. you know about it you know about it you know about it so like you know like how you got the seats then the boards the yeah. one side is the sponsorships but remember how niagara on the other side there's sponsorships too oh like yeah, yeah yeah you can take those off yeah it's I'm a pain in the ass, but you can take them yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, Those things got to you there. Last I, re- year. I remember. So one, I remember my first year in Niagara. We had a Sportsnet game, game one of a no game three. Sorry, of the playoffs. We were playing Peterborough, and that was mm-hmm. the year we got swept. That was 2017 playoffs. Got swept in four games by the Peets. Dylan Wells, goaltender for Peterborough at the time, um, and Sportsnet was in to do game three, and it was the closest game. And guess who had the glorious opportunity to step on the ice and rip off the Sportsnet ads uh, from the board. So the local sponsors would be back for game four on your TV. Did you Yours truly? And <laughs> my boss at the time and two or story three time. other interns. This is story time with Rooms. Yeah, pretty much is. That was, that's interesting. Yeah. All, like all the national sponsors had to come down. Like um, it was, it sucked to try and rip those yeah. off and to try and keep the local ones on. That was awful. Yeah. Like there was one where I just ripped right through the middle. It brought both off. And I'm like, uh-oh, was I supposed to do this? And, okay. and this was okay. more, like, this was about halfway through where I had been careful. The guy was like, no, we have local ones. Like yeah, we have other local ones that we can just freshly put on. And I'm like, you're telling me this now? <laughs> And all of a sudden, they're all gone. I was, I was so mad. I'm, I'm like, out. Come I'm on, out. Man, let's go. That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's. I don't. That's I, awesome. I, I know the ones that are like on the ice that face like you can see. So like in front of the benches, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more because it's on TV. Whereas the ones that are on the side of the penalty box don't yeah. care as much because you know they're obviously not those? being shown by camera, but. And that's why yeah. that's why you see Sportsnet too, eh? Sportsnet only goes around as far as you can see it on camera, so it's still yeah. the local sponsors up against the uh, uh, the penalty boxes in on Niagara, the, anyways. Yeah, on the one side. Yeah, whereas I assume at the Mem Cup they just do it all the way around because it's for yeah, the full I mean, tournament, and they could just they probably have multiple cameras, not care after. Yeah, they probably have multiple cameras too. Oh, Sportsnet I think's got around six to eight cameras, whereas just the local yeah. broadcast is just four. Yeah. Well, four, maybe and, five, depending on the night. Yeah. So, but. Interesting off topic, right? I know. I know. <laughs> well, we'll wrap it up. We got five minutes left in this segment. But uh, uh, yeah, just to bring it back to Jeff Merrick and the GM's meeting coming up on Wednesday is 
obviously topic number one is start date. We presume it's going to be pushed back to the beginning of January, middle of January, what have you. And I just pulled up the world junior schedule and the gold medal game is set for Tuesday, January 5th, 2021, obviously at Rogers place in Edmonton. Um, does that, does the OHL say, Hmm. So if we start, so say they start the same day as the dub January 8th, is that enough time to have like, would I know they're in a bubble in the world juniors, but is that enough time to get them all back and prepared and tested? And, you know, I don't, I think the 15th, I think the 15th, the following Friday. Yeah. So the eighth is the first Friday after the Tuesday, the world juniors. I mean, as you saw last year, a lot of these guys that came over back to the OHL from the World Juniors are dead tired. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. And now with the time change, I mean, it's not as big as what it was in Jack, but now with the time change and stuff, and it, you really have a quick turnaround after winning the gold medal game or playing you know, on that last, on that final day. You yeah. have a quick turnaround. So I, I don't know. I think it'll be the following week just because you get guys more time and you come back, you get rest. And then you can really start your season with the best competition. You don't have your best players tired. And plus, NHL teams. NHL teams are going to keep guys like Phil Tomasino, Connor McMichael. Those guys are going to stay for a while with camp, with the NHL, whatever they chose to do. Yep. So I, I wonder what's going to happen there if those guys will come back because you have the right. So that gives more – with more time, that gives you uh, more options as well with the yep. extra week. Yeah, and again with the NHL – situation coming into play is they've got a lot more resources in terms of money because it's yeah. just a known fact they have way more money than the canadian hockey league does and, uh, and they can that just that, that just makes a better case for phil tomasino and connor mcmichael and quinton byfield Heck. and obviously lafreniere is not gonna no chance in hell he's gonna play in ramuski yeah. ever again um, yeah but you, but you think of those top play, even cole perfetti yeah saginaw it, does winnipeg go Okay, go play at the World Juniors because you didn't get the opportunity last year. Obviously, he's going to this year. He's more than likely going to make the team as I'm going to probably put him on the second line, in my opinion, second, third line, uh, depending on who they decide to take. Second, third line will be big and strong. Yeah. Uh, So it's it's hard. You can't predict this kind of thing. And in Ontario, we had 1,000 cases on Sunday. It dropped a little bit uh monday down in the 800s i think so it's hard this is this is dumb this pandemic is dumb but uh, yeah. we, can't, we can't be dumb about it you know yeah you gotta be smart i mean yeah yeah and with the t- i like the week off the the week later start if i think that's mm-hmm. i don't know if that happens right now i don't think anyone does know i think with the gm meeting they're gonna push it back to the eighth i have a feeling it's gonna be the eighth but i'd go the 15th the week after you got to take in that world junior consideration that week. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah, the are, only, the, the only reason I dead. see that it being okay with the dub is because the tournament's in Edmonton and that's right in the middle of the WHL. Like you go one way, yeah. you've got, of course, the Alberta teams, you've got British Columbia, and then you've got the American teams down in Washington and Oregon. Whereas you go the other way, you've got two other provinces in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Like it's literally yeah. right in the middle. And to start, three days after this tournament comes to an end. Crazy. Who, who knows if Canada is even going to play on the fifth? Who, like they could well, choke. We don't know. They could choke yeah. and not play on the fifth. We don't know that. 
So I, I, they probably won't, but yeah. Well, when you look at last year, I mean, they won on the Sunday, Canada won the gold medal on the Sunday. The trade deadline was on the Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, the deadline was Yeah, the Tuesday to the Thursday after. I can't remember which day it was either. Yeah. But that's when I remember Niagara had their uh, ceremony for Akil Thomas. And yeah. that was like bang, bang, bang after that a couple of days. So could you imagine trying to start a full season? After that, I mean, yeah, yeah like so. So, say Canada wins gold again, and I'm not saying there's going to be like a victory tour like there was last year. Like a couple of the, can- and that's the timer that was loud as hell. But um, if you think about, it, there's not going to be a celebration tour. Like players from Team Canada were at the Leafs game the next day, and some of them yeah. play out west, were at the Flames or Canucks or Jets no or Oilers, and yeah, like that's not going to happen this year. So that's where that three days for the WHO makes sense because they're not going to be flaunting around showing off their gold medal yeah. all across Canada. They're going to go right back to their team and their team's going to say, okay, go sleep for a day and be ready to go for opening night on the eighth. Whereas yeah. the OHL two hour time zone difference, they'll be right in the middle of training camp, which is perfect. When the players come back, if they start on yeah. the 15th, that'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the NHL the guys. Games, so exhibition games don't really matter for them. Yeah, the guys that are going to be around the NHL too are going to be in game shape anyways. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I think there's a major. The major question is about sending guys to World Juniors, is how the guys are going to be able to get game ready if the NHL yeah. training camp hasn't even started yet. How are your? How would you want to send your Canadian, your North American prospects? So the American prospects are affected by this too. How are you going to send them over there, like to the World Juniors, without playing any games? I mean, there's not really a lot of guys that are fortunate enough to play in Europe from North America. There is, but there's not going to be not many guys that are fortunate enough to come back to play for the World Juniors that are playing over there. You can kind of put it like that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's yeah, it'll be lots of lots of stuff has to happen uh, in order for the OHL to have a season and to have these players develop into something awesome. And obviously the world juniors going ahead in a bubble. So fans aren't an issue and that where the OHL goes quick, quick point. That's where the guys from Canada that played in the bubble, like Connor McMichael, that's where those guys have the advantage. They've been in that bubble before. I I mean, they know the life, they know what to do and that will have a trickle down effect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure McMichael will have a letter anyway. So, yeah, uh, leadership qualities, even if he doesn't have one. So, uh, yeah, more discussion on the way. Of course, we are awaiting the GM's meeting to take place on Wednesday. This episode will be about a day and a half old or a day old by the time that happens. So um, lots of updates on episode 40. And we've got something cooking for episode 40 as well. So. Uh, we'll, Fun one. we'll preview that a little bit later on as we close out the show, but uh, we got to take a break, come back. My water's empty and uh, yeah, more chat about the OHL and what happens in terms of start dates. So we'll get to that here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. 
follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. It's got a link to our website where you can see Joel Vanderland's articles. He is our in-house writer. So check those out on our website again at the Owen 60 podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And to begin this second segment, uh, World Junior Schedule was released as we were recording our last episode. And I'm going to kind of give you an early look at what can- how Canada matches up uh, at Rogers Place in Edmonton for the 2021 tournament. Of course, this gets started on Christmas Day, not Boxing Day. And as I mentioned beforehand, it ends on the 5th of January. So to kick things off. Canada plays on Boxing Day. They don't begin on Christmas Day. They are the second game of that second day of the tournament. They are taking on Germany, and they are technically the visiting team. But uh, this is going to be one of their toughest matchups in, you know, for sure your opinion and for sure my opinion. Like, this is going to be one of their uh, tougher tests. I know Germany is not really known to be – a huge hockey nation, but you think of players they've got with Mo Sider and uh, Tim Stutz, who recently was drafted by Ottawa, like this Germany yeah. team. And I know they've got more talent right. coming. Like, yeah, it's, it's going right. to be a tough one for Canada. Yeah. I mean, I think Germany finishes second in the pool or in the group. I think Germany finishes second. I mean, and nobody should be surprised with that. They have a great top line and they have good defense. Mo Sider's coming back. Yep. For yeah, sure, he'll, be, he'll be captain. It won't. There won't be a question. Yeah, Sider's a captain for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's and it's all Eastern time too. Six p.m. Eastern time on Boxing Day, Canada's first game. Also, I quickly want to note uh, Canada's pre-tournament games. They're all in the bubble because I mean they got to report to the bubble. The yeah. first game in the bubble is on the twentieth, December twentieth is the first preseason game, and uh, Canada plays Sweden and Russia. So those are pretty good uh, pre-tournament games to get you ready for the tournament. Yeah. Like two teams that you're probably going to play again in the gold medal game or in the group if you yep. put finishes first or second. Yeah. When, yeah. And you know, they don't play uh, either of those teams in, I don't think they do in the uh, preliminary rounds. Yeah. They, yeah, Sweden and Russia are both in the, uh, in the other division uh, along with the United States, but yeah, I mean Sweden's got that streak, right? Of all of those games in the in the round, yeah, I don't and know. you know they can't find a way to win a gold medal, no matter what they do, and it's it's I tough. And I mean Russia last year, they'll have Askarov or Askarov, how you want to pronounce it. They'll it's, be tough. They're going to be good, even though it's a preliminary yes, tournament. Yeah. And what Igor Lirionov, former Red Wing, is now the head yeah. coach of the World yeah. Junior Team, and there's a lot Russia. of pressure. A lot of pressure on that too with Lirianov. I mean, Lirianov's yep. a very big Russian alumni player, so there's a lot of pressure on that Russian team, like usual, to perform. Yeah. That's a big one. And I mean, in the U.S. it might be tough to. Yeah, and that's well, and that's the unfortunate thing with Russia is we don't have a Canada-Russia series this year, and finally being able to watch one in person two years ago in uh, in Sarnia was just unbelievable to see. Yeah. Uh, it's blood, eh? There is bad head. blood. Yeah, yeah, like, there is bad blood in the game. I mean, you get to that second game. There's some talking going on. I mean, like, oh yeah, you got well, that. Yeah, and there's there's the uh, Russian OHLers playing in that game too, right? Yeah, and you get that pride that you're playing for your team, for your league, and for your uh, country too. Yeah, you're a little bit of both there, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it's so, got like the All Star I mean, roster for the OHL every year too. Pretty. Uh, I, I'm. I wouldn't say that, but no, no, I don't think that'll so. be a disagreement. There, the, there's a lot of players that I think should play there over some others, but uh, that's yeah. But yeah, uh, I guess. But you try to get as many players as you can from each team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, no, not even from each team. There's just yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Just there's probably <laughs> some stuff involved that I shouldn't say, but. Um, anyway, so yeah, so Canada, Germany to kick things off on boxing day. And just to give you uh, a heads up of how they were in the same division last year as well. Of course, Canada finishing first at three Oh and one and well, actually three and one that stupid overtime win category got me there. But, uh, in terms of Germany, Germany was one and three, they finished last in their division, but, uh, certainly they did not look like the worst team because they pretty much tied for fourth in their group, yeah. but Czech Republic got that extra point with an overtime loss. And yeah, the Germans are, they're tough. They're up and coming. Like we had heard through all the dra- like throughout the entire draft, it was, it was hard. Like it was hard to play against Germany at points in time in that tournament. And I think that they had a lot to prove with the, uh, big names that they have, especially with Stutzla and being how highly touted he was and Moritz Sider being drafted yeah. as high as he was to Detroit. They're like, okay, there's some players here where you don't expect them to compete for the World Junior Championship, but uh, oh, in terms of maybe finishing in the you know, top three, four, three, four, yeah, possibly I, third. Because I look at Slovakia. I look at Switzerland. I look at Finland. Finland's the only team that's going to challenge Germany for that second spot. Other than that, I don't see any team beating Germany. I think that first line's too powerful, and they got good defense that can shut teams down. And I mean, when you're looking at teams like Slovakia, who have the one to two players you got to shut down each year. I mean, with a good defensive core, you can shut that down all the time. Yeah, and Germany has that. I think Germany's going to be tough, and I even think Germany might be tough for Canada's top line when you got draft guy. Guys that are ready for the NHL, like Mo Sider and Tim Stutzel, yeah, those type of guys are ready for the NHL right now. And I mean, they're guys that can shut down top lines, so that's another thing to look out for. Yeah, and Germany's one win last year did come against the Czech Republic, uh, the yeah. team that they missed out on tying by one point. So it's not like they beat Kazakhstan or one of those like uh, filler teams that just come up from the uh, second highest tournament in this division. Uh, so the Czech Republic is definitely not a team to uh, sniff your, uh, well, just turn aside and not worry about them. Germany put on a good game. They had a yeah. two-goal first period. I'm just looking at the box score here. and just um, It was a hard-fought game for the Germans. And I think in terms of Canada, they have to – it's almost it's almost like – I'm going to make a football reference here. It, it's almost like the Bills going up against the Jets. Oh, no. The, the Bills didn't score a damn touchdown against the New York Jets because, oh, they're the New York Jets. We just came off a game against Kansas City, so we don't have to worry. You know, we don't have to be on our game because it's the Jets. And, well, no, the Jets didn't allow a touchdown against you. That's pretty sad. And that's that's Russia's problem, too. I mean, the switch teams. I mean, Russia always has that problem where Russia loses to a game against the Czechs on game one there on Boxing Day in Buffalo. Russia might lose that game. And I kind of thought like Russia would lose to Germany last year because I thought they could walk in there and, oh, we're going to walk through this. No, you can't. I mean, that's a team you can't take a night off against. And I mean, that's why I think if there's a team in this tournament, I think Russia's the team that'll lose, that will be upset. 
over a team like Sweden just because they've done that before. It's happened before. So does it continue? That's for us to find out later. Yeah, and it's, again, it's October. And I know we're yeah. only, you know, about two months away from uh, actually, you know, watching this tournament unfold. But, you know, it's still something to get excited about. And because we know this is for sure going to happen, whereas, you know, the OHL, we really don't know if it's going to happen again. So Yeah, kind of preview something. It'd be nice to get a couple of players on that we think will be on the roster as well for Canada. That'd be fun to lead up guys from the OHL. We've already had a couple, but it'd be nice to see if we can get a couple more. Yeah. yeah for game sure. two for game two for Canada, December 27th, the Sunday night, uh, 6 PM Eastern time against Slovakia. That should be a win. They should win that. Take care of business. Uh, game three for Canada is against Switzerland, December 29th, uh, Tuesday night, 6 PM. Giancarlo Shanton name bracket champion. The big and Sw- Switzerland's another team that you can't. Yeah, goal. You know they they went three and one in the tournament last year. They finished second yeah. in their division, right behind Sweden. They're a sneaky team. Them and Germany are teams that are sneaky. You think they're not going to have a good tournament? Next thing you know, they win two games. They do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like Finland and Slovakia, and again, Slovakia is not a huge powerhouse in terms of high end talent, but. It's still a hockey nation. There's a lot of hockey fans in Slovakia. And for Switzerland to finish second behind Sweden by just two points is just for a country that isn't huge and doesn't have a whole lot of uh, NHL talent is something to not bat your eyes at. And we said how tough Germany may be. Switzerland, they may not be as tough as Germany, but again, it's another Bill's Jets a game where you have to be on the gas pedal the whole way. And, you know, we've seen Canada have the games where they'll score like, I don't know, five or six goals in the first 25, 30 minutes of the game. Then you can kind of, okay, let's, you know, let's make sure we're not being dumb. Let's, you know, Take not care just go through the motions. Let's make plays and let's not look bad out there, but uh, you yeah. have to get to that point first. Right. So. Yep. For sure. New Year's Eve, That I think this might be Canada's toughest game. Finland, 6 p.m., New Year's Eve. That's a tough one. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder how much – and I know there's not a whole lot of travel anyways at these tournaments, and there will be even less because it's in a bubble, but Canada has the day off on December 30th, whereas Finland is taking on Slovakia, and that game is at uh, – let me do the math here. That's two o'clock Eastern. So not terrible. Whereas the game against Canada will be six o'clock Eastern. So they have a little bit, just over 24 hours to get ready for Canada, but to play back-to-back days uh, at the world juniors. And I know it's only Slovakia on the 30th. It's still taxing when Canada doesn't yeah. play at all. Yeah. You'll need your goalie. And they've got that extra day. So yeah, you need the extra goalie. The thing about Finland is they always have that goalie. Yeah. That'll be the thing for Canada. Well, and, It'll be interesting to see who Finland has in net. And I forget, yeah. I'd have to look it up. Is Piroinen too old? That's that. Piroinen, he can come back. I don't think he is. He's el- got another. Piroinen's eligible. Yeah. Piroinen, yeah. because he was a bench guy last year. Yeah. He was the backup. Kelly uh, Lopening as well. Yeah. Lopening as well, Sudbury. Yep. Leaf recent pick. I want. Dad, he's one that was your pick for the name bracket. Wasn't that your pick for the name bracket? No, mine was Costa Manikas. Oh, yeah. That was you. That's right. 
<laughs> and then I won good times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that, my boy. Uh, roll offs went far. Yeah. And then the London touch ran out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, hey, I said Giancarlo over uh, wisdom. For that real. was, that's I mean, awful. you got to go with the Swiss slogger. That's I'm pumped to see. Said, uh, said no one ever. Every goal he scores, I'm just going to tweet that. Every point he gets, he, defenseman, I'll give him some crap. You every tweet point. out a gif of Giancarlo uh, Stanton hitting just a home run. Flaxen? Yeah, Flaxen. Yeah. Flaxen. Every single time he's on the ice, we got to shift. We got to shift. It's going to be so annoying. <laughs> shift. Slug, the Swiss sluggers out there. Oh, man. Representing the Niagara Ice Dogs of your OHL. The wink. OHL. <laughs> With a wink and all in bold. I need, my, I need to make my own gif for that. You do. That'll happen. On to the <laughs> that's all the games I think we covered. Yeah, for that's the, pretty much all the yeah, that's all the round robin games for Canada. And we're not gonna predict where they finish and well, we think they have a really good chance to <laughs> I think for first, I think for but now. um it, it's <laughs> tough to predict really how really the hell off. it's gonna go uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Or in the post I mean, anything, anything can happen, robin, I guess. Yeah, anything can happen. On to potential uh, roster guys. Yeah, I mean I've oh. got five right off the top. Yeah, I got a whole list here. I got a McMichael returning, obviously, probably wearing a ladder. I have Jamie Drysdale returning, obviously, probably wearing a ladder because I love the way Drysdale played last year, the way he stepped up. I think that goes a long way with Turnier. Yeah, especially being a seventh defenseman last year. Yeah, the way but he getting some up. minutes just because of injuries to other players. And yeah. hey, that's an opportunity, and he took it. That Finn game was a very like that was a character game for him last year. In the semifinal, yeah, that was a big game for uh, Drysdale. And then Quentin Byfield. Yep. Then it gets interesting. So I have uh, Culper Fatty for sure from Saginaw. Yep. I have Phil Tomasino for sure, Oshawa, Nashville. Uh, Jack Quinn, Buffalo, mm-hmm. the Ottawa connection there with Turnier being the head coach. I think Jack Quinn gets an automatic shot with. Uh, He'd be on that third line, I think. Yeah, yeah, Perfect and then I, and then you'll like this one. You might, you might not for that third line. Jamison Reese, Sarnia. Why not? Yeah, I like that. Why not? Great, great shutdown guy. Yeah. He's like the Aiden Dudas. He's kind of like the Aiden Dudas for that team. I agree. There's nothing then, wrong with that. Yeah, then I have uh, Ryan Suzuki, another one. Yeah. Saginaw, then Thomas Harley, defense. And then possible goaltenders from their uh, virtual camp in the summer. I'm I have Tristan Jacob Perot. Yeah, Perot's another he's one. He's got a huge shot to make it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's a good player. He does all the little things, right? And you need guys like that that can be a shutdown guy. And I think Jack Quinn's another one that can really drive the play a lot, like how uh, Cousins, Cousins kind of was last year, another Buffalo Sabres first-round pick. Yep. A lot like when they were out there, the big, powerful guys. I think that's a big role for Quinn to play, and I think he'll do fine in that. I mean, and I think that'll be his coming out party for the Sabre fans. Yeah. A lot like how Mo Sider was for the Wings. I think that's what Jack Quinn's coming out party is, his world junior, because I think he makes it. And I think Jameson Reese is an invitee, and I think he makes it, because I think he brings that Aiden Dudas factor, a penalty killer. Great. He can play special teams, both sides, power play, penalty kill. It doesn't matter. He can play and fit in anywhere on the ice. Yep. I like that. About, I like the factor with uh, Reese with that. And also with the goaltenders, I have Tristan Lennox. And then I had Brett Rochu as well. I mean, those guys battled all year. I mean, Brett Rochu had a great year. He was out at the yep. virtual camp. I believe he at least gets a shot. Yeah. Yeah. The and I, factor as well with those guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've got names like Tyson Forster, first round pick. So 
he's definitely going to get an invite and a look at that. Like, yeah, I just think with Forrest, I'm not saying it's an all OHL roster, but it's definitely going to be a heavy OHL roster. Here's one, and I know you're going to love this. You're gonna, you might love this. A late round. I mean, you had Drake Batherson, right? Yep. What about Zade Wisdom? I think he's he's. I have him on my invited list. Yeah, I think he gets invited. Yeah, he got the he got the max rookie contract with the Flyers. Yeah, he's a good player. He's our first prospect. I'd play him with Jack Quinn. Yeah, those guys would be great in Denrys up the middle. Yeah, those three. You imagine that shutdown line going up against team. I mean, that would get under the skin of the U.S. The Russians, the Swedes, the teams that you need to beat. Those teams would be so rattled by guys like that. Yeah, I think that'd be great. And then yeah. I have uh, three possible draftees. I mean, one for two years with Shane, right? I think Wright gets invited. Yeah, I think he gets I invited think, again. I think he gets invited, or not again. I think he but, gets a because he didn't invite. get the U eight. He didn't get the U eighteen. Yeah, originally. Exactly. So and we had, we talked about that when that list came out. We're like, so he's not on here. Yeah, Virginia. Yeah, you know what's in the plan. Like I mean, they've got his. They've already got his number, and they're like, hey, uh, what are you doing 51? this time? 51 we need a fourth line center a shoe-in guy uh he might he might be that 13th forward if he makes yeah it. yeah the shoe-in guy just i don't think he'll make it but that that'd be one hell of an experience for a oh. for a for a set year after for not sure. a true second year 16 year old yeah i mean gratsky gratsky was young I'm trying to think of other big alumni mcdavid i mean crosby went just trying to think of like that you're when you're in that category yeah. that's that's special yeah when you're playing your second year and you're 16 years old getting invited to the world junior camp that's special that's unreal even to be talked about it even yeah to be, even to be in the conversation is something right on i mean i'm sure like i'm sure two years ago could you imagine you're playing in don for the don mills flyers a solid team a great team and by the way i have his other teammates going to with brant clark from barry and uh yeah. brennan Hoffman from flint I have those guys getting invites too, but I just think, could you imagine you're playing in Don Mills and then two years from now, like you play your fifth, you're 14, your 15 year old year, you're playing in Kingston, you're in the OHL. It's a huge difference. Then the year after you go to the off season, you're thinking about making the world junior team or getting an invite, like an invite to the virtual camp. That's incredible. I mean, that would be pretty cool to go through. I mean, how quick it evolves over two years. Yeah. And it's, That'd be wow. Could you imagine if he made it? That would, I would not believe my eyes if he made it, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he made it. I mean, I I would be a little bit because I think he's still got a lot to learn. He, it's tough because he didn't play a full season, and that's the only reason. Yeah. I mean, they're playing that opportunity to play at a young age, but yeah. I don't but, know. I don't think he had enough time for a but, full development year to make that big of a step. Yeah, but he was a 15, 6. He was a 15, 16 year old being a first line center in the OHL, going up against Ottawa, one of the best teams in the CHL, six times a year. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, it is. I agree with that. I mean, in his leadership is second to none right now in the OHL. I mean, if you want to look at the OHL, like the guys that could be leaders, like get an OHL team and. OHL, the Canadian Russian series. You could like, you got Connor McMichael, you got Quentin Byfield, you got Jamie Drysdale, Phil Tomasino. Those are the premier four guys, yep. I would say, in the league. Shane Wright's right there with them, I believe. He's just a step below. Yeah, like, like, in that, like in the draft, they say, oh, we had the top three premier players of the draft Lafreniere, Byfield, 
and Stutzla. Now you've got the second tier of players. Yeah, elite who's players. good, but it's, yeah, yeah. Raymond Holtz and Perfetti and Quinn and Rossi. and Yeah, I mean, they're right there. And I, th- I think Wright just finds a way to get it done. I mean, no one expected Wright to come into the OHL last year and have the year he did. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the thing is, he just finds a way to get it done. And that's a very, that's a very good sign to see when you see a guy that just finds a way to get it done everywhere he plays, even when he's three to four years younger than most of these players, the guys he's matching up against. That is very key to me because he knows how to get it done, but can you get it done? And can you learn that quick? You don't have much time to learn when you're at a world junior tournament, when it moves that quick, when you're playing a Russian team once, probably, more than likely, they'll have to play Russia, Sweden, or U.S. once. One out of the three, they'll probably have to play, or two out of the three yep. if they go to the gold. But those teams are the teams they're going to have to play. Can you really have time to change that quick in a game? We'll see, but I believe Shane Wright can because I yeah. think his hockey mind second to none. He's just really smart. Yeah, and before we hit the break here for our last segment, just one more name out there for an invite. Luke Evangelista had him on our show earlier on. Of course, you can hear that, uh, hear that interview on – all of our platforms, our website, the interview is there. And uh, he's just someone else that he was a second round pick. And again, because of all the bigger names, the Connor McMichael, especially because they play on the same team in London is just an afterthought. Luke Evangelista just works hard. He's one of those guys that um, because he played behind McMichael, he wasn't, uh, you know, a, a big star in the OHL. He did make a huge name for himself by getting drafted second overall. And after the season that he had, it was just amazing when you look at his first year in the OHL and he'll, he'll have an invite. I can't say whether or not he'll crack the roster again. He might be that 13th or 14th guy, the extra guy that they take um, to have their, you know, they probably will. They might have a bigger roster size that you can bring just because of the pandemic and well, I know it's in a bubble, yeah. but they still might allow quarantine. That. So, yeah, exactly. So uh, Luke Evangelista is a name that you probably should not forget because I think he'll get an invite to world junior camp and another one to fit in and another one to fit in with a third shut with a third line shutdown guy with a Quinn or Reese and a wisdom. I know he's not from the OHL, but Ridley Gregg, He's a shutdown. He's a tough, no, hard-nosed player at the Ottawa Senators' first-round pick, their third pick in the first round. He's a great player to watch. I mean, I enjoyed watching him play last year leading up to the draft. I love what his game is. He kind of like it to Chuck. And, I mean, everyone that <laughs> knows me and listens to the show or reads the articles online, I, I mean, he's my favorite London Knight of all time, Matthew to Chuck. And he's one of those guys that's hard. He doesn't take a game off. Who's another good one for a shutdown line. He plays a tough physical game, yeah. a lot like a wisdom. I just want to add that to it as another player to keep in mind. Yeah, no, there's, are you kidding me? We could go on for another 20 minutes just naming guys oh, who we think December, would have a shot at it being invited our, or making the team. Yeah, a month from now or just over a month from now. Yeah, around a month from now, our December 1st show is going to be yeah. wild with real junior players we're gonna have like 50 players that can make probably gonna project the roster as we get ready for a yeah. one-year anniversary too you have to pick a fourth you have to pick like a fourth to first round pick especially with the draft guys falling so far yeah you there's going to be a fourth round pick that makes a team i mean maybe a ryan or makes a team yeah another late round pick i mean with sure. 
with the OHL connection with Turnier, he knows OHL guys. And with this year, not playing many games in the queue, definitely not in the dub. He's yeah. going to know guys from their past, what they bring to the table. And I can see his aid wisdom being in the mix. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. They're going to talk. They're going to talk to flyers camp too, right? They're going to yeah. talk. Oh yeah. Once you sign that Turnier's contract, got connections. He'll be, he'll oh, be all over hockey, Canada, hockey Canada too. Yeah. Yeah, the hockey, so, hockey can be all over that. Yeah, the day is coming. Canada Pumped will up. kick off their tournament on Boxing Day. The tournament will get underway, though, on Christmas Day. And can't wait for it to come. But uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back, wrap up, wrap up the show, and give a little preview as to what we're working on for our 40th episode. So we will talk about that next here on the Owen 60 Podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. Emery Stamani with the ever so mad Colin Ward because the Broncos <laughs> crapped the bed against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, whereas the Pittsburgh Steelers remain undefeated as they beat Tennessee. Uh, Boom, so. I can't wait till all my yeah. sports teams are good at the professional level. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the Red Wings, the Jays, ugh, Broncos, Raptors. Broncos. Raptors. Raptors are good. That's it. I guess. I mean, they're going to lose a couple guys probably. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, that's that hurts. Ibaka. I heard he might go to Detroit. Yeah, I heard that Family. too. Next yeah. to, the next to. Yeah. Ugh, the next. Yeah, but. That's never gonna work though. He's guys that guy that's like backup goalies in the NHL. When teams in the NHL sign backup goalies, that never works. I mean, they gotta play a big role. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how Chicago does with uh Subban and Delia. That'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I mean they're they're not done though. They're gonna trade a couple guys. Yeah. I wonder if you see former London Knight, Patrick Kane. Yeah, wow, I don't think he does. There's no I way. Think Taze, I think Taze goes before Kane does. I think Taves and Kane are untouchables, whereas Duncan Seabrook. Keith could be moved. Seabrook. I could see Keith go. Yeah, Seabrook, yeah. Because once Crawford – Saad's already gone. Like, no, Crawford's yeah. not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But once he didn't get signed, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I, don't, I honestly think Taves is touchable because he was pretty vocal about that the other day with the trade Rizador off. Yeah. I mean, the Blackhawks have pretty much said to their fans that, hey, we're rebuilding here, so we're going to suck. Right. <laughs> well, if they get the first overall ball. pick, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be mad. No, I'll no, no, no. So mad. Seattle. Seattle. If no, Seattle I, don't think, I don't think there's any way Seattle gets the yeah, first overall hey, pick. But Twitter poll, does Gary help out Seattle? Does Batman help out no, Seattle? No, like, I mean, like, because they don't finish in the standings, didn't they give Vegas a certain seventh, spot in the draft lottery? Seventh, yeah, they were still in the lottery. I mean, the seventh teams moved up a fair bit. Yeah, I know. If nine yeah. moves up, if the Rangers, that was bad. I, it's still not going to happen, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, the, I believe the second lottery was a rig, you could say, just because if a team like Toronto, Pittsburgh, teams like that that were still decent, that yeah. 
yep. lost and won I the know. lottery, that would be bad for the game. Yep. Even the even the Rangers is borderline bad for the game because they needed one guy probably to be a good team. They didn't even really rebuild. Like mm-hmm. Brian Burke said on the draft when they made the pick, how salty he was. That was amazing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, a little luck comes with that. The first thing you do, you got to get rid of the draft lottery. That was priceless. Brian Burke, can you imagine that guy being your GM? That'd be that awesome. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, it's you going. Yeah. All right. Uh, before the break, we were chatting about Team Canada, looking at their World Junior schedule as well as possible OHLers uh, that could be on that team. And we're going to switch sides of the border to the Americans and a couple names in particular that are still eligible to play in this tournament. And we'll start in Hamilton with uh, Arthur Kaliev. He's a 2001. Uh, yes. Just I've kind of gotten over that. I'm not going to get over you it when it's going to happen again in December. <laughs> I know, eh? Again, that's going to be, oh, no. There's yeah. going to be so many tweets that we're going to tweet out about that. I know. Every um, game. And this really isn't the guy that we're going to spend too much time on because I'm pretty sure we know he's probably going to be on that roster. Might even wear uh, a letter, which would yeah. be impressive. Just the season he had in Hamilton and even the tournament he had, I didn't think Attorney. he looked too, too bad. And, um, you know, he's a big part of the LA Kings future and, the Hamilton Bulldogs, I think he's their next captain too. Y'all for sure. In my opinion. I think, I think he's the captain. I think Nisak gets an A. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think uh, Logan Morrison has a chance to get an A as yeah, well. You could see a Morrison, a Van Loon type player get something. Yep. Even a modern OA year. Yeah. No hitting really hurts that though. I know. And no hitting. He can't really lead with hurts his body. <laughs> that hurts the hits leader so bad. He's gonna do yeah. the not he's gonna do the pick play, and that's so hard for a guy that's such a he follows Oh, it's yeah, he's he like Thomas Holmstrom. Guys. He gets reputation calls against yeah. him. Oh, for sure. Ref refs look for that when you got like 20 more hits and the for sure they do closest guy. I mean, when you saw the hits leaders last year, he was way out in yeah. front. It was unreal. Yeah. I mean, every game, every game he plays, he works hard. And I like that about him. He's not like a Willie Lahead. You really I like, like Willie Lahead, don't you? I like the style. I like that style, that aggressive supply. Those guys are big. <laughs> Those guys are big to win. Yeah. Uh so Cali of uh yeah, more than likely a lock for uh, the United States. And I'm just going to quickly pull up uh, what he did uh, in terms of stat-wise with the Americans in the tournament last year. Of course, they got off to not the greatest of starts. They lost to Canada to kick off the tournament. Connor McMichael, big goal in that game. Yeah, open play. the scoring. That's celebration. The celebration. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Arthur Kaliev in that tournament finished 20th in scoring. He was alone in 20th, uh, I should say. He had six points in the tournament, four goals, two assists in five games. He was also a plus four in the tournament as well. So it's not like he wasn't productive, and we were on the topic of Germany last year. Mo Sider, 30th in scoring in the tournament. He had six assists, and he was an even rating, so. That's solid and even rating. To pull that out. One, one win team, even rating. That's solid. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Arthur Kaliev with the Americans again. One more year uh, eligibility. He was an 01 birth year, so definitely look for him to step up for the Americans. And the next name that we're going to get to, and it's probably up for a debate quickly as we round out the show, is do the Toronto Maple Leafs send Nick Robertson? To the world juniors. Is he on I, the team? 
I think you take the chance. I think you have to. If you're not if you're not close, if the Toronto Maple Leafs and the NHL aren't close to a season, I think you got to send them. You got to show them off. I mean, he's going to be what he's going to be a top three player for the U.S. team. I think you have to either way. I mean, the Wings are going to send Mo Sider. Mo Sider more than likely yeah. be for the on the Red Wings. So I think you have to. Well, I think I think the only question about it is because training camp, if they're still going with January first, it's right before the season starts. And do the Leafs want him up right away because he is part of their future and they want the systems in place with the new players that they have just recently signed in terms of Simmons and uh, Thornton, which well, those guys are gonna fit in first for sure. Yeah, but with with their cap, with their cap the way it is in Toronto, I think you gotta in the way Robertson he didn't look bad in the playoff, in the well the qualify, in the qualifying round he didn't look bad in that at all. I thought that Liam Foodie looked great. I thought Liam Foodie was the best. Player, <laughs> but I thought uh, you gotta bring that up. <laughs> well, I mean, Columbus Toronto I had to bring it up, but I think. Uh, I thought Robertson looked fine. I mean, scored a big goal. I think there's nothing wrong with the way he played. There's not really anything negative you could say about it. Yeah. I think he fit, I think he fits into that team. But yeah, for sure, you got to see where Thornton. The Thornton signing is a very critical thing, just because it might take a roster spot, which you hope it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, away from you Robertson. can't scratch. You can't scratch guys like Spezza and Thornton because you heard how that turned out last year. Yep. So you can't really do that. I I. I would pick Robertson to play on my team if I was Kyle Dubas right now, but I think there's nothing wrong with sending Kyle Dubas or uh, Nick Robertson. Oh, geez. Vaughn moment. Kyle Dubas ain't playing. <laughs> there's nothing wrong by Kyle Dubas sending uh, Nick Robertson over to the World Junior. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you get to see what your roster is. Plus, if, if camp's open by then, you get to see what you got with those veteran guys and see where he slides in. Let him go have some fun with his last uh, World well, his last junior go around, really. Yeah. Let him have a fun two weeks, and so then back to business with the Leafs once he can get back started. Because yeah. no, no AHL season for sure makes you say, hey, he's on, he's around the team for sure. Yeah, and just can't he, scratch him. Nick Robertson was not anywhere near any of the leaderboards in the World Juniors last year, but again, that was last year. and uh, he's. I know it wasn't too, too long that uh, he came back from the World Juniors and – played in Peterborough the rest of the season. It wasn't too long. It was the beginning of January to the beginning of March. So yeah. two months isn't the longest time, but there's definitely been huge amounts of improvement from Robertson, especially because he was a part of the Leafs bubble and he played in the qualifying round. I'm not calling it the playoffs. Um, and it's just the Leafs, the situation they're at, and it would save money. Like if they would be able to dump a contract and just have Robertson play, it would absolutely be a benefit for sure in terms of cap. But uh, when you have a chance to be a leader on an American team, that's probably going to be pretty good. Um, I think you got to take that opportunity and say, all right, go enjoy your time. Come back to our bubble when you're done in that bubble. Yeah, for sure. And then get what, get ready with the 14 days. Yeah. I just wonder, I wonder though about guys like, from Nick Robertson, Connor McMichael, Liam Foody, how much do you think they learned throughout the whole year? How much do you think they learned in that time in the bubble with around the NHL teams? I mean, Connor McMichael touched on it when he was on about how much he learns from Backstrom, the Wilson, yep. those guys, how much you learn Carlson from those guys. I mean, Alex Ovechkin, obviously. Well, but- 
And it was interesting with John Carlson because he was a London Knight. And yeah, he got, yeah, to, he got to catch up and, you know, Carlson was asking, hey, how is Mark and Dale doing? Like, how's that familiar doing? How's everyone at yeah. the rink doing? Like, you know, there's still people Notice. that work with the Knights and at Budweiser Gardens who <laughs> were there when Carlson was. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's a big one for him. I think McMichael, I think he learned so much in that two weeks where he probably learned, he probably learned more in that two weeks around Washington, watching them through that time. Yep. He probably learns more from that span than he did possibly the entire OHL season. I know the OHL season had a great year and you learn a lot, but when you just score, 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 it's like Phil Tomasino, right? Making Nashville. Yeah. He will learn so much just being around them and for that span than anywhere else. I mean, than playing in junior. So I think that's another thing too, where guys will stick with teams. It's yeah. another Robertson situation where I don't think he can learn much more in a junior setting, but a tournament like that, you're playing against the elite guys at your age. So you're not going to be the, you're not going to, he's a second round pick Nick Robertson. He's going to be going up against first overall picks. I mean, Quentin Byfield is the second overall pick. Yeah. He's going to be going up against guys that are elite talent. that are playing the NHL too. So it shouldn't be an ego thing. Yeah. And you think, you think about the way the divisions are set up. You'll, you know, the Americans want the best, amount of players with the they don't best want to finish they can have because they have Sweden and Russia in their division. That's not, and I'm going to, that is the harder division. It is on paper. It is. Oh, time way, close. way harder. Yeah. And again, we very well could be a team in Canada's division. Like we said, Germany, uh, Finland. that could, yeah. Finland, that could be, I just think Germany uh, gives Finland a powerhouse this year, but yeah. Um, we'll have I to just see think- and what the Leafs decide with Robertson and, for sure. It'll be interesting. And uh, yeah, that uh, pretty much wraps up the show. Quick quick, I just think, I just think Germany beats Finland. I honestly <laughs> do. <laughs> I'm, I've lo- I like the German connection that I want to. It's see. not impossible. There's a 50, 50 shot. They either win or they don't. For sure. Yeah. It's legit 50, 50. Yep. Yeah. So as we wrap up the show, we'll give you a quick preview on what we're working on for our 40th episode. It's and a- it has to do with the Memorial Cup. And we'll kind of do – I don't know how we're going to do this, but um, – <laughs> I got to get playing after this one. So, so our plan is to make cases as to why Oshawa or Sault Ste. Marie should have the Memorial Cup. And we are <laughs> going – and I know we may have done this like a little bit in the past, but we are going to go in-depth – and come up with legit reasons to debate oh, why I'm making a chart starting tomorrow the Memorial cup. And I've got my hands behind my back and one hand is Oshawa. One hand is Sault Ste. Marie. And I know no one can see this, but Colin, you're going to pick one hand and whichever one it is, that's the one oh, that's, dra- the, that's okay. the team you Quick pick. Ad. I don't have do to good make with, the case. And I don't do good with draft lotteries. I know, <laughs> but you don't either. You <laughs> no, don't either. Uh, so I'm left handed. We're doing this live right now, and I know it's left. not live when everyone listens, but left, <laughs> left hand. You have the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, M Cup Village. <laughs> that's all I'm leaving there, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, that's that's nothing. Mem Cup Village, you got to say what's in the village, it'll be good. That's very true. You I'm have pumped. to do your research. Oh, yeah, uh, we're gonna do a presidential debate type debate. We here. will, I'm gonna cut you Except off. I'll- I'm going to mute your mic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one recording this. So 
<laughs> You're lost. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next week I will have to make the case as to why the Oshawa Generals should host the Memorial Cup, and Colin will make the case for why the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds should host the Memorial Cup. That should take a, about 30 to 40 minutes. And uh, then after, hopefully and then there's after. an announcement about the season. That, that yeah. We can, that we can discuss and look at, get some more dates. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it should be a fun one. I'm excited. That's it I'm for excited. episode 39. Pretty much. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll chat then and we'll have a fun debate. And we'll play the goal horn before. Oh, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah.